0: You're listening to That Real Girl Podcast. Okay, welcome back to That Real Girl Podcast on this beautiful Monday. Today I have Rachel Meckling here sitting with me, a fashion paintress here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And we are going to go into various subjects today that involve basically, one, who Rachel is... A little behind the scenes of the beautiful imperfect and pink world where she creates her art her artistic journey overcoming and battling some mental health concerns and issues as well as some discussions about authenticity empowerment normalizing real bodies and then we are going to talk about some successes and inspiration of rachel's as well
1: so welcome to the podcast Thank you so much for having me. Um, This is so cool. Are you nervous? Oh, for sure.
0: (laughs) We're just hanging out. We're just having some lattes. Thanks, Rachel.
1: I actually didn't want to say for sure, and that was the first thing. (laughs) So how are you feeling
0: today? What have you been up to?
1: Um, I just did a little flower series last night, so I'm still kind of laughing at them (laughs) because they make me laugh.
0: (laughs) And then are those for someone specific, or you just created them?
1: No, I just created them, and then a few people wanted them, which made me want to make more. Are they um, on your Instagram right now, or not yet? Not yet. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna add those later today. Almost um, I, for purchase. <laughs> yeah, my uh, essentially brother-in-law uh, wanted the the yellow ones, and I honestly never really used yellow. Well, I do, but that's not true. But anyway, it got me like into like yellow. I was like, yeah, let's okay. do more yellow.
0: I feel like yellow can almost like go really hand in hand with the pinks, so, though. Hey. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I had the joy of meeting you a couple of weeks ago and talking a little bit about your background, but just for our audience who doesn't know you and everything, can you tell us a little bit about, from the beginning, about who Rachel Mecklen is, whether that means you start from where you're born or whatever that may be what feels most comfortable to you.
1: Sure. Um, I was born here okay. um, and grew up with three sisters and my mom was a single parent and I still saw my dad sometimes, so I he, he kind of evoked that, like, fun side of me that, you know, you would go on a visit with your dad and go do something fun. We'd go to McDonald's or we go It's always
0: like the dad or, like, the uh, quote-unquote bad parent. Yeah. Like, not like a bad parent, but it's, like, the person you do all, like, the unserious
1: things with. Right. Like, we'd <laughs> even go to, like, Wanuskewin and Beaver Creek, and it really got me into nature at a pretty young age. Um, and then my mom got sick when I was fifteen. Okay. And so uh, she had a brain aneurysm. Wow. Um and it caused multiple strokes. It caused a lot and she was in a care room for twelve years after that. But anyways, so I got sick uh, so my mom got sick and I moved to Ontario. Okay. And that sort of set me up for Ryerson, um, where I went to fashion school and I've always wanted to go there. So it kind of worked out like some huge trauma happened, but then like I think a lot of people find this like their their like the second their career like flourishes, something else so dear to them falls away to the wayside, or some trauma happens. So, not all the time, but yeah, I feel like I gained um, a lot of freedom from my mom getting sick, which is sad, but um, ultimately, like I think, good for me and my childhood.
0: So, oh, we'll yeah, kinda, and we'll, then well, no, we'll we'll swing back. I want to yeah. definitely want to swing back to some of that. So after Ryerson. You finished school and then what
1: happened? Right, I finished school and then I moved to Montreal because I got a job right out of university, which I thought was super cool. (laughs) Um, I worked at Aldo headquarters uh, for like a month, (laughs) maybe. I don't even remember how long it was, to be honest, because it was all such a blur. I was actually going through like my first episode of psychosis. Okay. After, um, like, right after I moved there. So I had this great job designing as a junior graphic designer for the you know I'll do accessories so I was doing like some jewelry design some scarf design just things like that Wow. none of it was creative none of it was none of it asked for Rachel Meckling like none of it profited off of me which I thought was so ironic I was like I'm here as an artist like I thought that they wanted to hide, like, but they just wanted to take pictures of other people's scarves and sell them like literal pictures like they gave me a camera <laughs> anyway so I think that was also well there was a lot of factors it was like Boyfriend dumped me, moved to a new city, didn't speak French, didn't any money, did not practice healthy eating habits because I was too busy drinking wine. Um, yeah, one, and I'll never forget, my friend Hillary brought me brownies, and I lived off of them for, like, two and a half days. <laughs> but, like, wasn't eating, like, I was so hungry and just, like, wasn't sleeping, which started from, like, this, like, uh, wisdom teeth being pulled in, like, Four months prior, and you know, not eating enough during that. And your stomach just, like, shrinks over time. I lost some weight. And then um, one day, I took the wrong bus to work uh, to Aldo and recognized this mall that we had actually done a walkthrough um, for, like a, you know, in, you know what I mean? When, like, headquarters go to smaller stores. Yeah. Anyway. Like, just to
0: check out, like, some of the actual locations kind mm-hmm. of thing.
1: And so I... I at least recognized the Fairview Mall, which was great because I didn't know anything. And that my phone died. Oh, I had no, no that's charger the worst. And I had no money. When I say I, have no, I had no money, like I had no money, like not in my bank card, not in my pocket. And I was just like, I think that's enough to be honest for anyone in a big city to, to like kind of lose it a bit. So, like, I don't blame it on anything in particular. It was just sort of like, well, I blame it on everything in particular. Anyway, so um, then I, my family found me in a hospital because the little mall people, little mall security guards oh were like she was having a bad time. Oh, I feel so bad. So they put me in the hospital in Montreal, which was horrible. So they like give you Ativan or whatever to calm down, and then they're like, "Can you sign this?" And you're like, "I don't know what's going on," and like I didn't have someone there with me, and like being alone gets real, real fast. So, like, I had all this happen before I was 22, <laughs> and um, it was really scary. Like, my sister came and got me, and we moved back, or I moved back home to Saskatoon, and then had to start all over again. Like, I was in the Dubay Center for a month, and like I just, like, can't, like, this can happen to anyone. Like, it really can. So, at
0: 22, do you think that was kind of the beginning of your journey with, like, actually dealing with like mental health like condition
1: no i think it was just like setting me up for like some type of routine to keep me going toward a mental space that i could be in but wasn't in yet okay so it's not like oh i had this experience now i'm a different person it's like oh no i'm literally rebuilding each day i could only work four or five hours a day because my meds were so high okay um, I feel like this got so depressing so quick. But I'm just going to tell you all the bad no, stuff first, there's lots of good stuff too. <laughs> how you
0: how you were able to get to this conversation of self like love and where you are now, I think at your age, I think we need to look back at some right, of those things so, first, right?
1: Well, that's so true. Like, I think because all of that happened, everyone talks about self-love. I I think it did it physically required me to slow down and to like make sure that i was he- make sure that i was healthy cuz i was it was a huge wake up call for me um that i knew that i needed to just i don't know deal with my life differently like make sure i got the sleep that i needed make sure that i ate enough food for me and like exercise like even just walking to work or yeah. whatever
0: so um, at 22 years old to where you are now at i,
1: I, I forget sorry I'm 33. I just turned 33 in September. Oh my god! 25th. I wouldn't even know you're over 30. Wow!
0: <laughs> it's the red lipstick she's wearing. It really it does magic. <laughs> it's great. That's so funny. That's so, funny. do you think from 22 until what age do you think it kind of took you to get back to a better place in your life and feel more comfortable dealing? with your mental health?
1: I think I went back to like drinking. So uh, like I was trying for like a few years and then I was still trying in a lot of other levels, but I did let one of those, you know, eat eat well, sleep well, exercise, and you know, don't (laughs) do a ton of all that stuff, other stuff. And I kind of fell back into that because I was serving and trying to make the most money I could for the least amount of hours, which I now do with my art. But at the time, I had to find some other creative way I could like get dressed up every day and like meet people and serve food that I loved and wine that I truly I still love wine I don't drink anymore, but like um, it's great <laughs> when and then, oh yeah, and then, uh, I think when I stopped drinking is when I really started caring because I had to care there's no way I could have stopped drinking if I didn't care about it like you know what I mean like I had to care really bad
0: <laughs> like you just wanted to be on an even better place like for yourself like in your life and mentally and everything yeah too. like for yeah. my
1: partner and I like yeah to just be like the best person not the best person but like a better person
0: and when did you stop stop drinking it was a couple of years
1: ago or this year I've had one or two glasses of actual champagne at yeah. separate events okay um, so this has been kind of nice to like not feel like I have to avoid it like the plague But I don't have more than one drink, and I don't, like, say that I drank, because it's only at, like, a wedding or something.
0: It's more for celebration and not for coping, right?
1: But 2018 in August was, like, and then until just this year, that did I not, like, break the seal or whatever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, a little bit more about Rachel. What are some things, like, in your week that you can't live without, or something... Mm, that you absolutely can't go without eating in a week. Cookies. <laughs> Cookies. <laughs> Should we have one here right now, actually? Yes, yeah, so have
1: yours. It's yeah. right there waiting
0: for okay. you. Okay, I will. I
1: will, I will. I, will. <laughs> I don't even know. It's like a glazed, like, soft yellow dish. It's beautiful. It's so cute. I actually do like yellow. There's yellow everywhere.
0: There you go. <laughs> so besides that being your favorite dessert, what about something else that you can't live without? not our phone not electronic something in your studio it's really special to you
1: my lipstick
0: your lipstick i love that yeah like a certain one or you have like different ones. you just mean in general have, yeah
1: like my collection of your lipsticks. collection
0: my makeup case of lipsticks oh my gosh i would love I only to see bring that one out
1: if i'm going out at like i'm only wearing one.
0: Oh, oh you're better than me i always have like three in my purse somehow well, funny, yeah well, well maybe th- yeah there's a lipstick there's a lip gloss there may be a lip chap in there too mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome so, within your life, what are some simple pleasures besides lipstick or whatever else that you have in your day that you <laughs> What appreciate? else other than lipstick? <laughs> no, I mean, the lipstick is definitely something that's important to me among other I materialistic things, but...
1: Being outside and, like, sitting on the ground and, like, okay. just having, a, like, even taking off your shoes and doing that kind of... I feel like it's... People make fun of it, but it's not something to make fun of. But like it's called grounding, and totally. you just like connect with the earth. And
0: I think it's like even like an anxiety coping method. Yeah. Truly.
1: Well, when they say hug a tree, I mean hug a tree, but like also the magnetic waves that come up. Like they like it's sort of like being paired with like some like our devices. It's like we're Bluetooth with the ground, and we're gaining <laughs> and and losing. And you're finding that balance, and then you're like at one, and then you're back in the time like the physical like time that we're in on the on this earth so if you're and listening you this just today here, at
0: the end of this episode, make sure <laughs> we you, can go for a walk we can go for a walk and get our feet in the grass before there's no grass anymore, yeah, darn snow
1: <laughs>
0: what would be? Three things that you learned in the decade of your 20s before you turned 30 and you can think about it a little bit in this moment
1: yeah um three things that I've learned uh would be if I ever feel creative to just even if it feels like you're rebelling from something you really need to do like do that creative thing like okay for example like my mom was sick and we were all supposed to go to the hospital as soon as we got into town and something told me to go down to the sandbar okay and I just like cried there and I just prayed and like I really felt like that was such a good move because I felt creatively like I needed to change my I needed like for Rachel like that's what I needed and then I ended up having even better visit with her because I was just in a better space and like even when I'm painting last night, I was like, I think I really like doing these flower people. I'm gonna do some more, and just like, I should have done my time machine backup with my computer. That I will do, <laughs> but um, in the meantime, <laughs> yeah.
0: So, almost, like, if there's, like, this, like, harder gut feeling, even if it seems so silly in the moment, just to, like, feel it out and go with it? Kind of. and I it's like it's like,
1: harm someone else. Well, yeah, not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're talking about, like, some, like, good, well, good gut feelings. Good gut feelings. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> like, never, I think, should an artist feel like, oh, I shouldn't get set up because then I'm, or, like, oh, I'm not set up yet, I... I, you know, it's I'm like not ready. Just or... You're not even probably going to do the artwork the first day that you set, just set up. Just think of art as just the first actual, actual little step is to get set up with your art.
0: <laughs> totally. I love that.
1: And that's exhausting in itself sometimes depending on the project.
0: So to segue a little bit from you bringing up the art there, I want to talk a little bit about you, like Rachel as a and an artist and then later we can get into a couple more personal things. Sure. Can you describe to me a little bit and just reflect on uh, how you came to be the artist that you are today? Because before we were talking about Aldo and how you were like what the heck even is this this is not Rachel at all yeah so how did from there did you become who you are today as we're sitting
1: I started drawing a lot like I'd go out and drink a lot and I'd always be drawing on napkins same as I did when I was a kid so Mm -hmm. Saskatoon life is very much like you go in the winter it's cold you go and you sit and you drink with your friends for like a long time (laughs) or you go to like trivia nights or like bowling nights or whatever yeah anyway um Yeah, I just, like, drew a lot, and then because I had a background in graphic design, I would take my drawings, and, like, I did this in school as well. That's how I learned to do it. But anyway, I started, like, I continued to do it um, for myself, and then had my first art show, um, and still worked on, this whole time, since I was 17, 18, I had been working on projects, like, with companies, so it's not like I wasn't doing that as well. That was all going on in the background, but, like, Yeah. yeah, but, um... Yeah. What was I saying? Oh yeah, I drew a lot, had my first art show, continued to do more graphic design and then got tired of graphic design and like really needed to paint and then um got into painting people and painting florals and all these things that I felt like were already done in my mind but I realized I hadn't done yet. So I was like, oh shit, I actually have to make them. And um even when artists struggle, I think with like, oh, why bother doing another rose? There's so many roses out there. It's like no one's heard your voice. It's your rose. Like, oh, cause there's a lot of birds chirping, you shouldn't be one more bird chirping. Like <laughs> it's so mean. Well,
0: no, that's like that goes for anything. That's like saying, Well, another podcast. There's so many <laughs> podcasts out there. It's like you can make a podcast of the same subject, but it's gonna be always a little bit different than the previous person, right? I mean it's just about listening like to your voice. Just everything like there's the things that exist now, there was probably a similar podcaster artist, or actor 10 years ago but it's just about having to be one more person in that that mix of things I mm-hmm. think totally what I'm kind of curious about is and I don't even know if you have like a direct story or link for this but kind of how these like I think you call them flower people or like flower girls yeah,
1: like flower that kinda, people
0: where where did that come from like is that like does that mean something to you or like
1: I was watching South Park okay and there were these Cause it's kind of like, it's I feel called. like it's like almost
0: like not what, you, not what you're known for, but I feel like it's kind of like, it is, it is, it's yeah.
1: it's yours, right? So I and just. they're like, uh, crab people, crab people. And I thought it was okay. so annoying and I like kind of hated that episode. I actually really hate that episode. Okay. But anyway, that was in my head. And then, um, uh, I think it was a pride parade or maybe sooner, but I was like playing around with like abstract shapes, abstract shapes and okay. putting my little faces into them and realizing like i love illustrating the stems and the leaves as well and it just like all came together and then I was like they have to be called flower people because they're like a tribe there's like so many of them like and they're all from the same you know like they're all like their own little families like their own little species on a page i don't know they make me happy i
0: just find yeah they're i just think they're so unique and i just wanted to know if there was almost like a little story behind them which is well they call
1: my adhd too right because it's like all happens very quickly
0: yeah like absolutely. are not hard for me to do and then the style of the eyelashes that's just something that kind of came over time that yeah you my
1: little patented yeah it's like signature a if anyone doesn't know what we're lash. talking
0: about definitely i will um be linking rachel's like instagram in the uh, information of the podcast below so go and check out her art instagram um where she, you can kind of see what we're talking about because I—it's just like it's just so unique, and I quite like it. That's that's why I just wanted to be able to bring it up. But so we talked a little about your education background already. What uh, were the hardest parts throughout your education? Though? like, was there any kind of thing that was too demanding at Ryerson?
1: Hmm. Like in your art journey, was it? For sure, I actually. <laughs> there I go again with the for sures. Um, I hey, give me your word. It's had okay. to take. For or First year pattern drafting and sewing, because they were considered one class. Okay. Because I failed it. I failed pattern drafting. I didn't fail feel, feel sewing, for the record. <laughs> anyway, um, in fourth year, I was taking some, two additional first year classes, which I had already taken and failed. Okay. So it was like, they're already hard for me, and I have to take them in my fourth year when I'm taking seven other classes or whatever that's
0: a big that's that's a lot to handle i think in
1: total i had eight classes i can't remember what they were i remember saying eight to myself for years and years i'm sure it was eight classes um yeah because six and then the two anyway um that also contributed to my mental breakdown (laughs) okay that's what i
0: thought but i just wanted to make sure my mental
1: breakdown happened literally two weeks after i graduated like rolled off the stage into Quebec.
0: So, if you could go back to that, though, would you even change it, or do you think that what happened almost was, like, the breakdown leading to a breakthrough?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: would you change it, or do I you think? I think
1: I'm a pretty resilient, creative person, and I feel like no matter what path I've ta- I'll ta- I I would have taken, I would probably be an artist. Like, yeah. it's just sort of in me, so life can, like, like, you're kind of like a balloon, and life is, like, pushing you out in different ways, and, like, you're changing up, you're still your balloon. I don't know. I feel like I've been the same, but that was one way. And thanks a lot, life. Fuck you. I'm just kidding. Oh, shoot. I also said I wouldn't swear.
0: (laughs) That's okay. We're we're leaving it. We're okay. Um, No, I just, I definitely, I feel like I'm a little bit of a believer about the thought of a breakdown and whether it's at a different level, like whether it's a small or it's a larger one for someone, definitely seems like that can be... A time that could lead to a really big breakthrough of yourself and who you are too someday yeah, right you could. so in terms of the art that you do create for yourself and others is there something that you want people like to know or to feel when they see your art or when they choose your pieces to purchase
1: Yeah, I hope it brings them, like, a visceral joy. (laughs) Like, I hope they like the paint and the way the paint's on the page and the subject matter and how it's framed or not framed and the paper. Like, I hope they appreciate every part of it. And they usually do. I feel like I attract people that... Absolutely. And then I end up liking them as a person because, like, we're already meeting partway. For sure.
0: And what do they mean to you when you finish a piece that you love?
1: I just, I just get excited to post about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, show and tell. And Look just like I'm to in. share
0: to share with the world almost, like yeah. something that you created.
1: Yeah, my, yeah.
0: So prior to, I think this new studio that you're in right now, we've been in here for almost a month, I think, or has it been longer than that?
1: Yeah, September 1st. So September it's like 1st? A, a month and over a month and a half.
0: So what is this studio to you? Why is it so important to you?
1: The studio is like everything. Like I realized, like if I was going to spend money, on a quality of like not even yeah a quality of life like what would i spend my money on and maybe that means like not shopping as much okay um but it means like feeling so much different like i feel like it's like a new level of like me and um just the amount of space i have just i keep one room actually fairly like em- not empty but like open and just to be able to like I don't know walk around and just dance around and absolutely to have like people are like oh there's so many people that used to work in that room now you're just like one person i'm like i have so many desks i'm like i'm always doing like oh i'm you know on my computer or i'm sewing something or like i have a table where i'm set up to to do my wall art like the big pieces and
0: you can just be totally free up here and then have
1: a space like every single time to come and eat like right here or do a podcast like always having a space a space that's clear, mm-hmm. because like design, you need space for design to function, for it to literally exist and like be enjoyed. Like you have to have come to life. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's I've yeah.
0: Does this studio kind of feel like almost like a a big like fresh new start or yeah, something in a
1: sense? Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a good feeling. It's such a good feeling, and it's like <laughs> contagious. I feel like I've had so many people that have wanted to come up here. And I'm so happy. I always came from a home that like I didn't want people to come over because my mom smoked, and we were really poor, okay. and there was a lot of yelling in our home and it was really hard, and so this space for me is like a place where like anybody can come, and you know, I have to like them, <laughs> but <laughs> but like anybody can come here. I'm <laughs> like utilize it and like be- use it to benefit like I have a sewing machine. There's no excuse. you could be like, "Hey, Rachel, I really want to make this dress for Halloween." Can I borrow it for a few hours each week? It's I love like, oh it. yeah. I think that... Especially if you don't mind me being in the other room. Yeah.
0: I think that this studio could be like a really great sense of community for a lot of people once, yeah. you know, you kind of even get more established in it yourself. You're still kind of oh, yeah. slowly trying to move in yourself almost. But I, I feel like I see really great things for the studio for yourself and other yep. people in Saskatoon, right? It just takes time. Absolutely. So to segue a little bit from your artistic journey and... You know, art is obviously your career and who you are as a person. Do you ever find that it's difficult to find a work-life balance within that?
1: Yeah. Yeah? (laughs) I think you have to balance your days, not your time. (laughs) Balance
0: your days, not your time. For me,
1: like, some people can get so much done in a day. It's like, wow, I could probably do a whole campaign in a day if that's how hard I worked. (laughs) like but i'm just not like that okay um i never really have been so i just do things at in my at my own pace and like just shape uh, one thing i just at really a time. try to trust in myself that like i'll get it done okay and then that helps i think my like life's rhythm like progress in me get things you know get my projects going and and almost and like when helps.
0: push comes to shove you know you're gonna get it done but you yeah. can't uh rush or force yourself either
1: yeah and like in not forcing myself that gives me really really authentic time to like eat breakfast or do whatever i need to do for my life so i don't feel like i'm only on work time like i feel like sometimes the day will take and then it's like 4 p.m and i'm like oh i should go to work now like and then i work until 11. (laughs) yeah i don't know like i just have a different structure I think,
0: uh, absolutely. I think it's whatever works for you, really. So that's I mean, my work life Some is. people, if that means they need, they're morning people and they like to work from... If they do work for themselves, obviously, you know, if they need to work from 6 a.m. till 2, then I think that's great. But, I mean, if someone wants to work from 2 to 11, that's fine too, right? Mm-hmm. Or 4 to 11, whatever works for them. So this mm-hmm. is about listening to your own mind, right? Yeah. Do you ever find... That you've had times where maybe you had a little bit too much on the go where you did feel a little bit burnt out or that's not really how you function in a sense
1: i haven't felt burnt out like okay i feel burnt out twice a year twice that's a year at the end of or maybe during the markets that i do okay those are like to me the most physically exhausting and also the most rewarding I think like people that do them are a certain kind of person, and I'm that person. And okay. I love them. I love like having a one-woman shop. I love the idea of like being like un- like in a circus and like setting up and then taking down and like the <laughs> magic being like poof, it's here and then like it's taken away. And like I love that I can bring that.
0: That's awesome. What do you do physically with my
1: own two arms, like yeah. building backdrops and like yeah. I have like a power drill.
0: That's a, that's awesome. <laughs> No, I, I w- would love to check out some of those markets that would happen in Saskatoon. like for homesick The homesick
1: market is coming up November.
0: November before Christmas, yeah. yeah. And so when you do get burnt out in those times, because it's so rewarding though, do you feel like you're able just to bounce back or there's something you need to do for yourself like for a little bit? have to meditate. Like, you have to meditate, okay.
1: It's not just like sleeping, it's definitely not going on your phone. Yeah. It's like laying down and closing your eyes and then usually when we fall asleep because we're fucking tired <laughs> yeah <laughs> at
0: least you're honest <laughs> i'm glad i the know it's so to... important
1: you heal so much so fast it's like the best charger i feel as if
0: you are so self-aware it's definitely refreshing to hear we kind of mentioned a few topics before without going into detail about them, but I want to start a conversation right now, kind of focused along like the hardships and challenges um, that had started obviously a while back, and maybe you deal with some of them now too, and that's okay. But basically, your personal experience in regards to your mental health dealing with bipolar disorder. But I know we already talked about you having to go through, like, basically a mental breakdown that led to psychosis, and it was, was it shortly around then that you were diagnosed with bipolar disorder, or did it take quite a while longer? No, no, longer? They, like,
1: right off the bat, um, it was, like, I spent, whatever, 21 days, <clears throat> and, you know, you do all sorts of talking with people and exercises, and, yeah, like, like, plenty of things, and then they just ruled me as bipolar. But um, they also had like an unopened ruling. So they're like, if this happens again okay. and again, it might be schizophrenia. Okay. So I've had one psychotic episode. Okay. So there's that. So. Was that hard to hear
0: when someone. Well, it is told when it
1: was. You? It is because it was about my environment. Like, it yeah. is because it was like some things. It's like. Not trying to say it's like being put in war, but like you're in this like situation, you like have no control over. Yeah. Now I understand. Now I just simply do have control over it because I've already made so many choices to equal this lifestyle, to equal me having balance. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So then I think it was like 2014, so I was like 24, when my psychiatrist was like, "Yeah, you have bipolar," and it okay. was like, "Yeah, I already knew that." She's like, "You also have ADHD." It was like. Okay, hey. <laughs> so she kind of I don't know put labels on it for me at a time that wasn't super raw. Like it had already been uh, two years since my first diagnosis, and so it was like I lived my yeah working four or five hours a day life because I was so highly medicated. And then yeah, anyway yeah, and then she put me on the and that changed my life.
0: Did it? No, I think that I think uh, that's an important thing to recognize though too because. The reality is is you know people go through lots of different types of mental health but there are some conditions and different levels of mental health that you can do all you want like to try and make yourself in a better place but you need medication at the end of the day
1: like our brains are just really really well like sensitive and non-sensitive like mm-hmm. functioning organs that so like we don't actually have control over necessarily we often like throughout the day yeah we ultimately kind of do but we don't because like Mm -hmm. i don't know you have to like feed your brain like you have to almost tell it it's okay (laughs) because it can like i don't know
0: do you think that there's like a big enough community or discussions about bipolar disorder do you think it's not understood well enough
1: I feel like I just actually said something, I'm like, no, that's not exactly what I mean either. It is really hard to understand. Like, Yeah. Um, but like, our brains are chemicals, right? So if you need a medication to help those chemicals do their thing so that you can do your thing to keep yourself balanced, mm-hmm. you can't necessarily do your thing to keep yourself balanced if you're not balanced. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't happen. It won't happen. Yeah. So... I Have you ever met
0: anybody else with bipolar
1: disorder? I have, and oh yeah, and yeah. I also like, I know a friend that is not taking medication, and it's okay. really challenging, and it's actually not challenging for my sister, she's like, I'm so proud of you for taking your meds, that makes me feel a lot less worried, like I yeah. know that you care about your life, I'm like, yeah, I do, I really do, <laughs> I have a lot to do, <laughs> Um, but some, like this one friend I have, it's like, oh, I just wish, you know, you just wish when, you you can see them flourishing, and then you can... And then they're not see it, it come the... crashing down almost in a sense yeah
0: yeah but it's something that they would almost have to you know choose for themselves i suppose that's just it that's just it and you did i guess so because yeah. here you are do you ever feel i guess like i mean in this day and age i mean maybe things have evolved so much more but do you ever feel like judged in society for having bipolar disorder or by any people in your life as well. Oh, yeah.
1: It's mostly, like, close friends and family that, like... It's, like, I don't know. They... I don't know. I think you also spend an amount of time with someone, so you end up knowing that they're good people or that they're okay. not, like, crazy. But, like, there's definitely still stigma with, like, bipolar. And even, like... uh people saying, "Oh, like you're using that as an excuse." And it's like, "No, I'm explaining to you what's happening to my brain right now because I'm aware now because it's happened before or something similar has happened before." Yeah. And I think people just need to believe their their friends because at the end of the day that's actually what it is. That's probably why they're being crazy or I hate using that word, but like why they're acting the way they're acting. Yeah, you hate using that word, you but that's what compassion. that's what society uses too, unfortunately,
0: yeah. you know. It's like
1: well, and I can understand if that's the word that society is used. It does feel like a lot. It feels like someone you know, can feel like they're attacking or can feel like they just can't get out of bed. And you're like, what's wrong with you? And it's like, just my brain chemicals. <laughs> they're just not quite doing the right thing yet.
0: Something isn't, it's like something's not sparking really at yeah. the moment, I guess, in a or sense. connecting or whatever. So if you ever are feeling judged, then... Do you ever have a tendency to almost like try and, not, try and not be yourself? Is that the right way to put it?
1: Yeah, but that comes from me like, liking, act, like acting a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I even asked my psychiatrist, I'm like, do I have multiple personality disorders? She's like, that's not what that means. She's like, you're just a theater kid. And you're just like, a theater kid. Were you right. in theater as a kid? <laughs> uh, I was in like grade 12 and 11 um, at the school that I went to in Ontario And then it's something, I think we talked about this, that, like, I wasn't really a part of for a long time. And then kind of found out that that's probably where a little bit of me is going. (laughs) Yeah. So,
0: if you, since you don't maybe necessarily feel that way, like, having to kind of fit a mold of being normal, is that now? Or do you, like, did you ever feel that way at the beginning of your diagnosis? I felt
1: like that since I was a kid in a a desk. I was like, oh my god how are we supposed to sit in this little desk even as a kid I was like and I was a tall 13 year old too and like was curvy had a big butt so I'm sitting in this miniature like I was like a young woman basically at like grade seven sitting in this desk being like this is not for me or like anyone this feels so wrong but like just being uh especially with ADHD like standing in line even like it's hard to stand still sometimes I'm just like oh my god (laughs) I love like going out though like spending it that way going karaoke but it's definitely it's just an energy thing I think people automatically like can feel your energy if you're not if you're bipolar I guess just if you're me (laughs)
0: but you feel nowadays that like where you're at in your life and moving forward that you're nothing but true to yourself for the most part
1: I think I'm getting there you're getting there like I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you were saying like uh about the stigma, because, like, okay. it just, it really is there, like, people automatically, it's sort of, like, almost like when women get pregnant, it's like, oh, we're not going to treat you differently, but Except then they we are, yeah. and it's, like, it's whatever that person's expectation of bipolar is, so there's so many different stigmas, it's not even, like, we believe in one stigma, it's, like, it's, like, everyone's always just telling themselves to, like, brace themselves for something, and it's, like, they probably have issues, too, like, everybody has issues.
0: Yeah, I mean I I feel like sometimes I'm I would probably be the opposite of what I am asking about too because you know, for you know, for you to tell me that you have bipolar disorder or, you know, whatever it would be, as a nurse, I like I feel like people tell me so many different things that anything and you I'd be like whoosh over my head. I'd be like, Okay anyways so Yeah, it's just like like, like, it literally like I'm not saying like I don't like I don't see bipolar disorder. Like, okay, I heard you, but, like...
1: If you don't see colors, you don't see patterns.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, well, I just feel like it, like... Like, I feel like I take that with a grain of salt. Like, that literally... Unless, like, you were actually so, like, deeply struggling with something in front of me, and I need to help you, I would obviously, like, recognize, okay, maybe... Maybe I need to, like... I need to step in, but, but, like... I
1: think it's important to hear from functioning people with... Mental illnesses, yeah, like like it's nice to also see people that have a disability playing their favorite sport, or like whatever it is, like I'm not comparing me with that at all, but just saying when people can be their best like, absolutely it's nice to recognize that too I feel like it's you're in the a bad world. stuff that people are always thinking it is it's like bipolar is also most creatives have bipolar,
0: mhm, no one or unknown, I guess, yeah, yeah, I feel it's like you're in a pretty great place like in your life from you know being self-aware and functioning really great with your condition and everything if you had someone close to you who wasn't functioning very well with that same condition like what would you want those people in the world to hear like whether it's a friend or a stranger that has struggling with bipolar disorder like what would you say to them as someone who also has dealt with that and is dealing with that for a lifelong condition
1: Mm -hmm. I don't know it's hard like I want to say like my med will work for everyone but like it might not I'm on Yeah. it's the best thing I can really say like everyone's so different everyone has a different support system finding a support system is really important though so even if you don't have a family like join an improv group or like I don't know join some type of group where you can meet some friend that can introduce you to some other friend like
0: some kind of sense of community
1: yeah you have to if you have this and you do want to get better you have to make an effort for yourself because you're gonna have to continue to keep making effort like to you, life is hard like you have to just keep going
0: life is hard without having to deal with any kind of yeah. mental health <laughs>
1: but yeah you have to like do it for yourself
0: at the end of the day kind of thing yeah and i mean that's something you obviously would have told your younger self too when you had first started dealing with all of this as a whole correct
1: I don't know, it's hard in those moments where you're just, like, so down and depressed. Like, you honestly think you should just, like, not be here. Like, you're just, like, like, I, I don't need to be. Like, I'm, my soul is tired. (laughs) I want to move on. And then, I don't know, I think, like, we're here for our own reason. Like, so, I'm pretty sure everyone has something cool to offer. You just have to follow that to like really believe in yourself but that yeah. also comes from like a part of me wants to say that but, like some people just don't and it's I don't know how to sell that I don't know how to give that to you you know to believe in yourself like that's something that I just like I think started using as a coping mechanism when I was younger just like this is going to get so much better we'll move, to, move out of the house when I'm 18 everything will be great just have to keep you know keep moving and like kept believing that like I'd have a great life after I moved out of Mm-hmm. Life at home with my mom, who also had like undiagnosed issues, but then she got sick sooner, so I actually had to leave earlier. <laughs> I'm sorry, the lab is so maniacal.
0: I think I think I love you know, her it's, obviously. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's your job to have to like, you know, you know, uh inspire anybody else. But from what i take from what you're saying i think it's about kind of like finding a fire inside of you that is like
1: finding the fire
0: finding the fire inside you and i think that that's a good enough advice for anybody out there for anything not mm. just you know not just struggling with bipolar disorder
1: like just even thinking like i don't know how to help the people that at no point have ever felt joy i don't know how to help you no, i it's, really no, no, it's not don't your job. know how to help that type of person but like for people that could be happy <laughs> with the open like chance of being happy remember when you were like whatever age and like you had whatever really great experience and you really felt confident Yeah, that's exactly it just build off of whatever that was even if you think you're such a different person now try it out again and try another hand, another season at it, our seasons we change it's not even every year, sometimes it's every three months you'll like literally become a different person, you're just like wow that last chunk of time I am different. So it's like, why not try something that your core is good at in another season? Totally. Like, for example, burlesque. Like, it's something I didn't want to try for so long. And now I'm like, oh, it's my season. I'm not I'm not insecure about that. Like, I, I have no issue doing that anymore. I don't know. Yeah. I want to talk about,
0: like, trying new things a little <laughs> bit, I think, yourself. My favorite little... Not saying, but I mean, I've I've used it for many, many, many years, but I've definitely recently brought it up more, but basically getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. and I think that applies to a lot of different things in life, whether it's about getting comfortable or getting uncomfortable, really, to be able to get to a comfortable place, like in your self-love, in your journey of life. So is that something...
1: And that's a very physical thing, too. Like, I, I personally learned that first in yoga. When it was like, it's okay to have an uncomfortable sensation if you feel sharp pain or, like, something's really not, then please get out of the pose. But yeah. it was like, if you can, spend a little longer in here. And then, like, like anything, like, you could, like, poke yourself and then it comes to a point where you actually just don't feel it anymore.
0: <laughs> so what are like, some things that
1: you, you have, have been to... doing lately
0: that are uncomfortable but that are so good for you? Like, is is burlesque one of those things that you have been trying? Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> and how has that been going? So good. Really? It's like so slow. It's such a... It's so slow to come together and I'm okay with that. Because I think I'll be a bit more of like a slow burner type of artist. So I'm like, it's natural that I'll slowly come to this.
0: <laughs> I love that. I think I... Oh my god, I can't even ever it's imagine like myself of it. doing something like that. Maybe maybe it's not for me. But maybe you didn't think it was for you either. But that that's good.
1: I also didn't realize that like being 33 doesn't mean you're like... Like, age really doesn't matter. I really wish people could really, really feel it in their soul and believe it. We're just, like, so many families just value different things. Ugh.
0: I feel um you have... Such this, like, strong confidence. Where did this come from? Was this from, like, a long time ago, or is this recently?
1: What did I say that sounded confident?
0: <laughs> the Our whole conversation.
1: <laughs> I don't know. My mom was very confident. My was mom was, she? like, the scariest person I knew. Not that confident equals scary, but just saying, like, um... Just like this how amazing, most, strong woman. Right, like, most kids grow up... Not most kids. Uh, whatever. Some kids grow up with two parents, a no. mom and a dad, and, like their dad is the scariest person or their mom is the scariest person for sure my dad wasn't even in the picture 24 7 and he was a very soft man okay my mom is like alpha energy like when she's in the room it was like people knew she was there whoever was scared of her would like shuffle away like (laughs) most people would want to see what she had to say she always had a story she was always in the center of you know always telling her story and like i'm a lot like her what can i say
0: so do you think it just comes, kind of comes natural, or do you think that you still do things in your life to, like, foster confidence? Like, what does confidence mean to you? Oh,
1: sometimes I foster confidence, and it's at the bus stop! <laughs> it's at the, oh, I'm, like, not swearing, bus stop. Um, yeah. It's, like, when, for me, my confidence falls when, like, there's some, really any dude that, like, it, like appears interested in me, and, like, tries to get closer, or tries to, like, steal glances. Like, I really... Sometimes mad at them, okay. Um, or sometimes I feel insecure and like scared. Oh, So, okay. like that's where like my feminine confidence kind of dwindles, and I'm really working on that. And that's why okay. burlesque is actually really important to kind of almost like encourage growing that side yes. of your confidence and just understanding. Like, I don't know. Do you remember? I don't know if you saw it. I posted like this little. It's like this little person that's like a bum person. It's like they're mostly just a bum, and they're looking behind and they're saying, "I don't like that you're staring, but I understand." <laughs> Oh, and God. like you're saying self awareness like we're in this world, like this is our own like little weird sims, like we can see each other, so like if you know you're gonna see someone, I don't know dress dress the part like if I don't wanna be ogled at the bus stop, I'll wear this like huge tunic until I get to work and can look fabulous, like I don't know in New York, it's like you wear whatever you want, same with Toronto, but like in Saskatoon, you kinda do sort of actually have to plan it a little bit. It's kind of a different depending kind of world. on what experience you want. Yeah.
0: It's it's kind you of can a different wear whatever you want. It's different. I don't know I mean I wish it wasn't, but it just is. I don't know if it's too small or I don't know what it is. Maybe it'll always be like this.
1: Yeah. I also think new newcomers too like from different countries have mm-hmm. like different ways they treat women and and uh it's real obvious. So, like like a man will sometimes just be like staring at me while his wife and child are there i'll like move to a different spot because i'm like oh my god i don't want him to like look my way he'll look the other way like literally the opposite way of his wife i'm just like you're disgusting like like who are you like what are who is this what are you doing like take a picture to last longer
0: (laughs) it is hard being a woman i feel like men don't understand that sometimes it's tough kind of building off that subject I think this kind of plays into that a little bit. Oh,
1: but music will help me at the bus stop. Oh, that was my always.
0: Yeah. Or podcasts. Just listen to MIA, you'll be fine. <laughs> um, in your experience, though, and kind of insight a little bit about, like, you know, female and women empowerment specifically, do you think that that's something that we almost lose a little bit in our younger ages? <sighs> and if so why and i'll definitely give my own opinions too i just want to listen a little bit about what you think about that
1: i uh after we talked about it i feel like we talked about this last week Mm -hmm. taylor and i and i i just i don't know what it is like i don't i don't know if it's in our dna that it's like oh we turned 12 and now we're like subservient or like we're like no it's the right word absolutely and then boys become like I don't know, like, either polite or not. I don't know. But a lot of girls don't know how to say no to it, like, as a complete sentence, like you were saying. Like, they don't know just how to say no. And I think it's really important, like, for moms and, like, even my friends that are now becoming moms to, like, teach once you know i guess we'll have to wait another 12 years we should do this podcast again when we when we actually thing. have some
0: children be like hey how are we gonna go about this yeah like
1: i'll be saying the same thing but like i don't know how to really i don't know the solution necessarily but i just know that it happens that we really need to like rework what like i think i think it really should start with some type of sexual education like grade six or five okay or four that's like pretty intense and like now they're even teaching um classes of, about pornography okay. and like how to like because like a lot of guys at age 12 will think will get into porn some girls too of course but then they'll like the girls that are not watching porn with the boyfriends that are will be treated in ways that they don't even know what's going on so like if people know what's going on and all the things that there could be for the most part maybe you know kids maybe shouldn't learn, I don't know, certain things. Maybe not all like, the details, yeah, but maybe, I get
0: what you're saying.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, but, like, they don't need to be getting into, like, just, like, a catalog of, like, vibrators. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Scholastic. No, <I'm> joking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll stick to the books.
1: Yeah, we'll stick to the books. But, like, even just, like, how our bodies work, like, it's, like, there's so much that isn't taught. Like, my mom didn't teach me about my vagina or my urethra mm-hmm. or, like, the other like little part that produces Yeah you know, like
0: <laughs> this and this. It's like you went to a Catholic school too. Right. Those oh, okay. are even worse. Yeah. No I
1: didn't. But no. I've heard that they're and like you, Taylor, not only weren't taught something, but you that it was wrong. So it's like then you think sex is wrong? You think your body part is wrong? <laughs> I don't know. But wow. girls just have to be able to say no. Like if they could say no, they would save so many bad experiences for themselves. So much irreversible sexual trauma. Like, if popularity is more important to you than your relationship with yourself, yeah, then go for it. <laughs> I think,
0: and just to continue the conversation about what you were talking about there and like the subject I brought up, I it actually makes me it makes me sad, like almost like I, I feel like um, like regret doesn't like necessarily. Uh, Signify the feeling, but that's kind of the closest word I can say besides sad is regret because I feel, and this is no one's fault, but well, my own basically, and a little bit of society has nothing to do with how I was raised. Like I feel like I had a mom who always encouraged me to like be strong and like stand up for myself and um, like all those kind of wonderful things, Mm -hmm. but same. I still somehow like felt so I became so small, mm-hmm. like I, I I don't know when exactly what age I basically decided that I was a people pleaser, but it's like it just like occurred and it stuck for way too long, like mm-hmm. way way too long.
1: But I think doesn't that come from like a a polite like a like ultimately you're trying to be a peacekeeper, basically. Yeah
0: and I don't know if like there might have been sometimes, and I'm talking like as young as like even just like you know 13 years old where it's almost like you wanted everybody to like you mm-hmm. and it on maybe that doesn't even come down to like you don't want you know 13 it wasn't even about you know boys liking you, it was like even girls too like everybody um and I almost feel like I, could, I wish I would have spent all those years like I felt like I knew who I was like Maybe I didn't know my thirteen year old self didn't know what my twenty year old self was gonna be, but like I still knew who I was like in that
1: right. moment and yeah. I wish that
0: I would have I wish that I could have like just like stood my ground or like spoke up or like used my voice more. Yeah. And now I mean, now I don't waste a day without doing that. Well it also so, comes from
1: like dads and parents listening to their kids. Like yeah. letting their girls have the floor talk about whatever even if they think that their daughter knows nothing about football or whatever it is to like listen to their daughters too because I think a lot of it comes from like oh can I speak and it's like yeah and you should be also understood and listened to yeah like not only is it okay to talk people should also be listening to you if you're talking yeah so, so it like exists, what you have to say is important yeah at whatever age
0: and I guess all all, all I can really do is I mean obviously you know, now in this decade and decades moving forward, is like make sure I never feel like I did when I was, you know, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. But also try and find a way to, if I were to ever have a daughter or have children, to do what my mom did, but also somehow, somehow one step further that we're doing nowadays to try and empower. Well, kids, I, think I think
1: that I think like the empowerment phases that we're or ha- like uh things that are going on now are just simply because so many people don't fit the mold yeah
0: it's so, like
1: those that more naturally fit the mold will fit the mold but the ones that don't like me or like a lot of trans friends that i have or just like literally any drag queen <laughs> like you're almost like you have to be confident so you just because you're just you like you can't help you can't keep the peace like you're the one causing the ruckus like So for me, it was easy to be confident from a young age. Okay. My sisters also taught me a lot of confidence, just me and seeing them in situations. My sister Hannah had too much confidence, perhaps, (laughs) but that wore off on me in just the right amount. And like my sister Sarah is super smart. You know, like there are things, I guess, in my environment, obviously that contributed to my confidence. I'm not saying like just because I'm me, but a little bit too, you know? Like I think, I don't know. I don't want to say it's easy for people, is what I'm trying to say, just to to not, like I don't know what that that missing thing is either, like that like what do we need that, like like,
0: to take that like empowerment or like one step further
1: yeah the one step maybe
0: it's just a matter of time like I mean think think of what we're talking about right now oh that
1: was my point actually
0: no but like you know 15 years ago where people talking about empowering you know children. People who feel like they're different. Not yeah. really. We're just talking about now more. Yeah. So maybe we just need another whole decade or I don't know. Do you know oh, what yeah. I'm saying?
1: yeah. I hope like with time things get better. I feel like, I don't know. There's literally greedy people, but like there's a lot of civilians. <laughs> like, I don't know. Saskatoon hasn't really changed very much.
0: No. No, not really. <laughs> it's probably, it's time it probably in a, in itself is probably has changed just from how how far back it probably was. But, like, I mean, compared to other places in the world, I feel like it probably has a lot more room to grow. For sure. Yeah. Do you know, this is, like, maybe a little bit off subject to what we were talking about, but when you were just saying, like, people who, like, don't fit the mold, does it ever, like... (laughs) I feel like it upsets me sometimes that, like, what is the mold even? Like, what is normal? Oh, what is normal? Like what is that even? Like why is, I hate that that's even a thing. And I mean I can't speak for anyone who's um well,
1: it a stems different from Britain. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I just mean like I can't believe that we are in a, this place sometimes in the world still that like right now, there is a yeah. normal like what does that mean like just be you like whatever the it hell means that means whatever
1: that means so like there's more people that are becoming open-minded so then it'll become more normal to the fact to that not normal, being normal
0: like quotation normal doesn't exist like there's no normal it's just just be it a-
1: seems like such old news to me that i'm like obviously but a lot of people won't again especially like in saskatoon like it's just coming their way now Well, I
0: I, I just say that because there are still things, like, that go on, like, you know, protests against, um, like, different groups of people and and such. Like, things like that. Like, they still happen. Like, nothing's perfect in terms Mm -hmm. of, like, the world. Like, whether that is in Canada or in the United States and stuff like that. Like, not everyone, and not everyone will be open to all different kinds of people. Mm -hmm. That's just the way the world works, unfortunately. But, I don't know, lately I just feel like maybe, yeah, I feel like it plays more into me ta- like thinking and talking about like bodies, I think. Maybe not so much about um, like sexuality or um, like, you know, even just like transgender because I can't really speak to that personally. But I think I hate the term and word normal in terms of like bodies because what even is a normal oh, yeah. body? Like why, like for how long... I feel like we were thinking about like what was a normal body so that's kind of why i've been disliking that word i guess yeah if that makes sense
1: i think yeah it's just again like so dependent on the person i don't know like whatever situation you're in and like whatever you're you want to be able to do I don't know if you're if you're unable to do something like I am so sorry Mm -hmm. you know like that is horrible that you can't do that thing but for those that can like and you for example want to go climbing or something if you're unable to go climbing because of something you can help then maybe try to you know make steps toward doing what you love but like if you're not going climbing and you're just being yourself and, like, having a good time in life, like, I don't know, whatever healthy means to that person, like, because our brains, I feel like if they're stressed out about, like, eating something or or not eating something, like, that creates stress. So, like, as long as you're happy and, like, you feel healthy and good, like, that should be enough. Do you
0: feel like you've always had a very good relationship with basically loving your body for where it's kind of at in the no. moment no no no
1: okay when i was like oh my god i've always had like a beautiful bum but like ever since <laughs> i was like 12 and like shakira was popular then and so was jlo and i was also like young enough that i was like that you know like what anyone who's most young people are petite so it's like you're whatever five five and like yeah, yeah. so i was like cute and had this big butt and like I I did think it was... I thought it was nice. When I was at home by myself, I was like, I have a great body. But then, like, at school, it was like Paris Hilton was cool. Um, all these other people were cool uh, to have no butts. You know, like, having no bum was cool when I was 13. So yeah. that was really inconvenient for me. Other than Shakira and J-Lo, yeah. who were, like... Like, it was... And, and it's oh it's got its own, like, racist context. All of it about bums. Anyways, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but... I yeah, I basically hated my butt until I was like 24. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like even throughout like my early 20s, like I wanted to wear whatever I wanted to wear and felt like I had to be like to not have a bum to wear those things. Doesn't uh, that suck? Yeah. So, but then I think that I think actually university was where I started accepting myself a bit more because I it was more about my clothing style that I accepted. Okay. Like where I was like I really like having high waisted jeans. I know that that makes my butt stick out, so I'm gonna wear these huge platform heels to balance it all out. So I was still cons- making so many considerations and like concessions for like my shape, whereas now I just wear whatever I want, and I I genuinely think I'm a cute person and. That's all I've got anyway. That's all that really matters, (laughs) man. Yeah. So I'll just keep walking around. Do you Um, think
0: that there's definitely more of, like, a movement of, you know, people, like, whether it's women, men, or how they identify, like, trying to normalize, like, that... It's okay if someone's slim. It's okay if someone's bigger.
1: I love seeing, like, a gorgeous, curvy girl with, like, like, in a belly top. Like, I love that some of my friends that, like, are some of my friends that are heavier than me or whatever yeah are like more comfortable in their clothes sometimes than I am you know what I mean and it's like some people like like some people have really love themselves so much that they like make you want to love yourself too totally I so love I think that for feeling. those that it's really like working for I think that's just enigmatic I think it's just gonna like spread it's just gonna like illuminate the world like once like one curvy girl sees another curvy girl rocking their curves Mm -hmm. then it's like oh no problem like yeah like and i hate that term permission but like from being the 12 year old servants that we are raised to be (laughs) especially women like you know it's good to have like that feeling of permission then i guess yeah like you're saying and maybe you just need it to no longer have maybe you need the permission to no longer have the permission
0: And that's something you have to give yourself, right? I mean, no one's, like, no one really has to give you that. You just have to allow yourself to say, like, I love who I am, and I'm going to wear whatever the hell I want, and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want, too, because I feel like there was a long time where, and honestly, even not that long ago, like, even just, like, a couple years ago, where I feel like I would not do certain things or, like, miss out on things literally because of my weight or how I looked you know and I think that I mean everyone's gonna have like bad days too but like and that's okay like it's okay if you have like a bad day where you're like oh I just don't want to see anyone right now or whatever it is but I'm so over When there's like a
1: pattern of not doing things yeah I'm so
0: over like feeling like that and no one's ever made me feel like that about myself like that's the thing like and I think moving forward I think that's like such a good thought to be self-aware of though that like maybe I felt like that or I'm and I know other people have felt like that too because I've had many conversations like that with individuals but Mm. I just think that's so sad that you know we let ourselves get to that place but I think the movement of everything you know it's so great now and I think imagine 10 years from now Mm. you know so Well, I feel like we have covered so many wonderful things today, like from basically who you are just as Rachel herself, who you are as an artist, lots of things about kind of empowerment and learning to love yourself as well, about all these kind of difficult things that you have gone through in your life. One thing that Rachel and I were talking about uh, the other week, and even like a little bit today before recording, is we maybe think it's a made up term, but we both like it and understand it. <laughs> but it's the concept of almost like
1: emotional alchemy, um, emotional
0: <laughs> and spiritual alchemy. And if you want to Google that definition, that's fine, and you might not get a direct one, but and it to might have us, to do with
1: gold and metal. Yeah. But that's not what I mean, gold is great, but.
0: But to us, it means kind of like taking something in life that's really hard and whether that's like a hardship that you went through or simply even just having a bad day the previous week and trying to find the positives and the silver linings, I think, from it all. So do you want to touch on that
1: a little bit? I think like... Um, I think for me, it started first happening when mom uh, got sick, and I kind of, I think if that happens to anyone, like, you're instantly, like, your brain changes, like, instantly, like, you know, Um, so I think, like, I started getting really brave from it, almost, like, I started to feel like kind of I was the only one and like it gave me this like new outlook. And um I I think a part of me pushed it away a little but mostly I think it was pretty like transforming and like just being able to um um I mean I like the term like emotional or like psychological, spiritual um alchemy but i realized it's it actually isn't so foreign like i think it really is just seeing the silver lining in things like the Absolutely. sunny part of things and um i think for me i was almost given it like a gift when my mom got sick because i wrote in my journal i have proof of everything like we struggled so much her and i i was journaling about trying to get along with my mom i've always been an open person my dad was very open too i've always mm. been a non-judgmental like I actually love it when people are weird. I prefer weird people. (laughs) Um, I
0: prefer quirkiness, too.
1: Yeah, but, like, I don't know. That was when I first... And then, like, kind of years... Actually, no, it wasn't even years later. It was actually, like, very much... I guess it would have been... I was in Belleville, so it was, like, a year after it happened, I think, that I started having some perspective and how I was letting myself, like, not be sad anymore and really letting myself be, like, okay, so tragic that my mom is in a care home this is a new way to love her too right like this is a different she was like she couldn't like brush her own teeth or anything like she we we needed to help her she could yeah. kind of eat sort of yeah like she actually started walking was like very catfishing and now like she was not actually as able as she appeared to be for the first while which is why she broke her hip anyway she's such a lady anyway but, um, I don't know, she just, yeah, like, got sick, we had a new relationship, and then I also realized, like, I was, like, this was my ability to, like, take the reins of my life and, like, do with, do the, like, make the choice I wanted. Do I stay in Saskatoon or do I move up to Ontario? Like, ultimately, I think my family would have been okay with both. Like, if I truly didn't want to go, my sisters wouldn't have made me. But I was like, you know what? My life sucks. Saskatoon at the time sucked. We didn't have Michael Kors. I'm joking. I actually <laughs> hate Michael Kors. I don't hate Michael Kors. I just, there's so many other things you could spend your money on. Anyways, they do make some nice things. They okay. actually have some nice shoes. I forgot what I was talking about.
0: About, you know, the the importance of finding that silver lining in your life. And it sounded like it all, it all kind of really was significant and started when your mom got sick yeah oh yeah. right
1: just like to be able to go to Ryerson like to be able to like do things that I I know I would not have been able to do beforehand
0: Yeah.
1: like pretty positive my life would not have taken that path not to say I would, didn't, wouldn't get here where I am now but mm-hmm. it wouldn't be the same Yeah. at all um, and I think about my partner's always like why do you keep like thinking of your life and I'm like because I had something really traumatic happen that chose me to make like cho- uh, force me to make decisions yeah. at a young age, mm-hmm. so like sink or swim, baby, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like and yeah, I don't
0: know. So, do you um do you ever find it's hard
1: to? And I find my mom through my work. Yeah, like all of my dolls are like I don't know they're like almost my children. Okay. And they come up, come out in such a style. Like me and my mom's style were very similar. Like in her sketching and my sketching, and That's like beautiful. Yeah, like every piece I make, I feel like I hear her, or I, or we agree on something in the image, or
0: you know. I think that kind of almost means you know, like that your mom's never really gone. Then right? I mean, you're it always, really you're always kind of work, working with her when you are creating what you're doing in your day, right?
1: I saw it in like a chocolate milk carton last night. Like the brown of it, my mom loved browns, and she always got, She actually got me chocolate milk, like whenever I forgot, or she forgot to make my lunch or something, yeah. she'd give me like a treat lunch. It was so, it was the best. And I just remember last night just thinking like, she's here in this chocolate milk. Cool. <laughs> it was just cute. Like, it's like a part of her energy is literally living right now. Yeah. So we make such an impact on the world, like even when we're not here. Yeah. So, like, people that think that their, like, lives are worthless or something, it's like, you're still going to, you're actually not, like, you're Even worth when a lot to a gone. lot of people. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I know it's probably hard for people to recognize when they are going through something really yeah. tough, but I think that's a really good point. Do, do you ever find it tough to spend time around people who have trouble finding the silver linings in the day-to-day?
1: I just have to say one more thing about my dolls. Oh, yeah, they're of course. Circle back. They're illustrated dolls. I'm a fashion illustrator. I have like my own doll characters. <laughs> I think, they're not like. I think I think. I we also have that. a Barbie collection. Yeah, but
0: no. When we are talking about Rachel's um, illustrated dolls, they are they're purely on paper. They aren't uh, something. I mean, not yet. She hasn't created a line of real dolls yet. Maybe maybe someday, but <laughs> maybe she'll sew some dolls. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. Do you find it hard to spend time around energy, though, where people aren't able to find the positives, though, in the day-to-day?
1: Sometimes I go digging with people, and I'll just try to, like, siphon the gratitude out of them. And I'll just be like... Like, try to foster it from someone who's really negative? I forget who I was talking with, but I think... She was salty to me for, like, a few weeks. Like, not mean to me, just, like, we have a similar friend group, and I could just tell... I don't know. Anyway... And then finally I said something I was like, because I believe this, and I was preaching it to her too, preaching it to everyone, but like, literally when you're grateful for things, like, your perspective immediately changes.
0: Perspective in in your life?
1: Yeah, like, and then when you do esteeming acts, like... Even just doing your laundry. Like, acts of esteem. Like, even helping someone. Like, that builds self-esteem. Self-esteem actually comes from, like, being a good person to other people. So, like, you can change your salty ways at any moment.
0: Oh, (laughs) I, I totally agree with that. I think some of the times where I've been so low or having such a bad time, if I can do something for somebody else, I can... Absolutely, like recenter and find that gratitude, or find the silver like silver lining. Like, if I can help somebody else, it ends up helping me,
1: mm-hmm. you know. Or even being helped, yeah. Like that gratitude from like letting, like, say you're like complaining about not having any food because you're poor because you buy things from Michael Kors, <laughs> <laughs> and then you realize your mom's actually like my dad makes an bars every week. Like, you you realize if you take like. You have to eat bars every week. But if you want, like, a cute treat and, like, don't want to spend money, like, I feel like, I don't know, we just have to, like, accept, like, little bits of help from our parents people around us, too. Totally. And be grateful for, like, what does come our way or what we can, like, yeah. And, like, manifesting really helps. So what are you grateful for today? Oh, my God, I'm just grateful for, like, this scene. This, <laughs> this like, moment? Little, this, our pod <laughs> in the pot taking, oh, my God. Making the pod, making the podcast, sure. Recording the pod, recording the pod in a pod pod.
0: that's what you're grateful for today,
1: yes. I like for you, Taylor. Oh, (laughs) thank you. I'm grateful for you too. I'm grateful for you. Give me so much validity, like just like some because you only really exist like in relation to kind of others. That's, I think, why I draw so many faces because I'm like Mm -hmm. finding myself anyway, but like. for me like friends and like physical people are like so important to have around just to like totally honestly
0: inspires your art like even further right Mm -hmm. I mean maybe if you weren't seeing any human beings at all it would be almost difficult to create new faces in your art (laughs) absolutely well I don't know that's
1: exactly (laughs) it that's what I tell everybody they're like oh I'm not wearing makeup today I'm like that's not what I'm doing here I'm like (laughs) I actually just take like your features and like your personality if you have one and like inject it into like my own doll and, yeah like, that's what you get
0: that's awesome yeah. well i love that we were able to talk a little bit about <laughs> i like this is my new term spir- spiritual alchemy if anyone has anything to say about that you can definitely give me a message but all in all it's definitely not some kind of new concept it's about finding those silver linings so i hope that Anyone listening, if you're having a bad day, I hope you can find the silver lining in your day. Because I know it's hard sometimes. It's hard a lot of the time. Yeah. But (laughs) it's really important. It's so, so, so important. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for taking the time to sit down with me today and sharing even more about basically what makes you you thank you and I think that people can take a lot from this episode today in terms of maybe continuing to be creative in their own life um, maybe to help someone else with maybe bipolar disorder or someone else that they may know they can share the episode with and it was awesome just to connect with another beautiful confident and amazing woman so, I appreciate your time so much. Well,
1: thank you. And I hope that everyone comes to my Ink Nights. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'll probably find some healing there too if yeah. you need a little bit. So, definitely. I tried not to swear, but yeah. I can't promise that in <laughs> an Ink Night.
0: So, follow um, Rachel's Instagram at just Rachel Meckling,
1: I think. Yeah, and don't forget the A E L. So, it's Rachel Oh my God. It's okay. I can't do my own. Rachel Meckling. And that's
0: with an A E again. So, um, and check out her Instagram for all the beautiful art that she shares, and her website's connected to that as well. So, thanks again for tuning in on this lovely Monday, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. And see you next week.